It's Wednesday the 29th of December 2021 and you're listening to episode 47 of Reds Unrestricted. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Well, I'm your host, David Comerford, and I'm joined, as usual, by Dan Club and Chloe Bloxham. But there is something a bit different this week. We've changed the format up, so rather than discussing the defeat to Leicester last night or preview in the Chelsea game at the weekend, we're going to do some mid-season player ratings. So, obviously, last night was the 19th uh, Premier League match, so we're 50% of the way through now. Liverpool find themselves six points off top spot in the Premier League, although that could be nine depending on the results of the Brentford City match, which is um, going to take place a little bit later on tonight. And we're also level with Chelsea, but again, they're playing tonight as well. Uh, in Europe, we're faring a bit better um, through the group with maximum points, playing into Milan obviously after Christmas, and through to the semi-finals of the League Cup as well. So as a sort of mid-season review, we're going to go through the list of players who've made 10 or more appearances, um, each give a rating, obviously, and explain why we think so. And then we're going to add them up. And hopefully at the end, that leaves us with something of a ranking, really, of uh, the best and maybe the worst is a bit harsh, but the players who will see room for improvements in the second half of the season. So let's start, um, obviously, with the goalkeeper, Alison. And I think this is quite an interesting place to start. Dan, I'm going to come to you uh, first of all. So... You can do it whatever way you want. You can lead with the rating and then explain why, or you can give your rationale first of all. So, over to you on Alison first of all. Yeah, so it is an interesting one. You're right. Um, there's been times this season whereby, you know, Alison's been phenomenal. Um, the Manchester City game at home, first half in particular, I thought, you know, he keeps us in that game um, because, let's be honest, City were, were better than us for 45 minutes. Um, so, yeah, there's... He's shown being best in the world, but then there's been other nights whereby you think, it, basically, I've wrote down it, it sums up our season in many ways. You know, a lot of the time we are sublime and we look almost unbeatable, but then we have these odd moments and odd nights, last night being one of them, whereby we're partial just to making it all look a bit chaotic and a bit a bit like mayhem. And I think Alisson kind of epitomises that. Because um, I don't think he was great against West Ham away. I don't think he covered himself in glory last night with the goal leave against Leicester. Um, I want to say the Brentford game, there's been a couple of other moments whereby uh, the other week against Aston Villa, he falls over, running out to a ball and nearly makes a mess of that situation. So listen, I, it sounds like all negatives, but the, overall the man has been phenomenal. You know, fingertip save against Spurs to keep us in the game at that stage. And you know, he makes things look very easy. We see some goalkeepers, you know, pulling off Canvas saves, if you like. Allison doesn't do that. He just makes world-class saves a lot of the time. But, like I say, very similar to this side for some reason at the moment. We just seem to partial to be partial to the odd off night. Um, so anyway, to summarise, I give Allison a 7.5. And I did want someone else to go first to see if 0.5s were allowed. But that's what I've given him anyway. Well, I should have addressed that. Seeing as you've, you've done it, uh, we'll say they are allowed. But I haven't done any. I haven't done any point fives in my ratings. Um, to be fair, there weren't really anywhere I thought I kind of needed one. Um, I think most of them were pretty clear cut for me. Um, I'm happy to make I a thought, decision, Dave, if you'd prefer. Uh, well, 
Chloe, have you got have you got any point fives in yours? No, I haven't. Oh, I'll go seven. I'll go seven. I'm not being okay, the only one. Go I'll go seven. That's fine. I'll go at seven. That's that's <laughs> fine. Um, I've also gone. I've also gone with seven on Allison. Um, funnily enough, um, I mean, in terms of shot stopping, he's got sort of quite a middling record in the Premier League when you look at it. Um, I think it's not point six um, goals prevented, um, which is okay. I think last season he did a bit better in that regard. And uh, I think the thing with Allison is, if you look at the games where he's kept his clean sheets. A lot of the time they've been uh, quite comfortable. So I'm thinking about the games like Norwich, Burnley, Leeds, Southampton. You know, yeah. fairly comfortable victories for Liverpool. But he's had to pull up, make some, you know, huge saves really to preserve those clean sheets. Um, so I think, you know, maybe there's a risk that you don't recognise some of the great work he's done uh, because of that. But I think you mentioned them all, Dan. West Ham game, Paul there really. Tottenham. Mixed bag, but when it's a keeper of Allison's standard, you know, you want better than a mixed bag, really. And then that Villa game as already is quite shaky. So, yeah. yeah, I'm saying seven overall. I don't think he's quite been at the level of consistency that you'd expect from him and that we've seen him deliver in, like, 18, 19, for example. So, Chloe, what do you reckon? Uh, it's a clean sweep because I also went for seven. Um, I thought it was a very weird one because I think... He can do absolutely unreal in a game, but I just feel like there's a mistake in him. And I've not felt like that. I think I think it started for the City game last season, where in the space of about 10 minutes, he's gave away three goals by just kicking the ball to their strikers. Yeah. And I think since then, I've had these moments of, I absolutely adore the man, and I, I just don't feel as safe as I did with him a couple of seasons ago. Um, and I think you see that with the, the Tottenham game alone. I think he does really good. Um, we've defended not a great, as you can tell. He's in these positions that he's got to make saves for us. The Daddy Ali save is absolutely one of the best saves I've seen in my life. And then all of a sudden, he comes out and just misses a ball and gives them the goal and equaliser. And then everyone loses their head and Robbo gets sent off. And it's just, for me... I absolutely adore him. I think he's still one of the best goalkeepers in the world. But I look at the other goalkeepers in Mendy, who, fair play, I feel like he might have had a mistake in him the other day, but Chelsea went on and won the game. Um, but the likes of Edison as well. I used to say Alisson was better than Edison in, in every department. But I just this season, I just feel like he's had mistakes in him and he's had games in which you look at him and you think to yourself, that's a simple save, lad. If you save that, then we're still in the game. Um, and I, I don't want to take away from the fact that he is actually a brilliant goalkeeper and he, he saves us at times because he does do that. But when you're going for the title, you can't have these mistakes in you. It's that simple. It is. And part of the the difficulty with the goalkeeper and the thing that separates the very best is that they basically never make mistakes. So even though he has had some brilliant games... There have been too many. I don't think we can agree on that. But let's move on to the defenders. And we'll start on the right with Trent. Uh, so, Chloe, we're going to come back to you. And you can lead us on Trent. Um, Trent, I gave a nine. I think, for me, alongside Salah, he's been possibly our best player. Um, I think you just miss so much when he's not there. If he's not in that side the majority of every chance we create in the game is gone and we'll struggle. I think what he offers us is is unbelievable. 
Um, and even when he has these off games, I still bet on him to put in a ball that should win us a game. Um, I think that's that's the thing with him. Even if he's not playing great, I know that one delivery is all it does to change a game around because he's so pinpoint with everything that he does. Um, and I think we saw his passing range on the half volley, just switching it. is It's absolutely outrageous. So, yeah, um, for me, one of our best players this season, and I gave him an eye for the fact of not just has he been unreal, but the criticism he got and the fact that he was told he wasn't as good as Rhys James, he wasn't getting the England squad. You know, the, the fact that he did make it to the England squad and then the disaster of having to pull out because he's injured and then coming back with the kind of attitude of, nah, I'm the best right back in the world. Um, and I think he's proved that. I think he's proved that with his assists, with his performances. Um, and he's one of the best passers of a football I've ever seen. That's it. He's back not only to his best, but maybe even, you know, a slightly better, more well-rounded version. Um, I think you, you could argue. Um, I also went with a nine on Trent, and I completely agree that he's definitely up there with our best performers. Um, I mean, even you look at the stats, he's leading the Premier League for chances created per 90 um, and expected assists. So he's basically the number one creator in, in the whole in the whole division um, at the moment. Um, only Salah has more has more actual assists, but he doesn't have much strength can do if there's a bit of questionable finishing going on. There have been some off games. Um, obviously last night got some criticism for not tracking the run. Uh, Luckman's run leading to the goal. Um, and I think there was the Brighton and Brentford games as well where he where he struggled a bit. But that would be really. I mean, you look at those games. That's the only thing I think preventing them from being in the the conversation for getting ten out of ten. Really, so. Yeah, I've gone for nine on Trent. And what have you gone for, Dan? I've gone for eight. Um, I echo everything you've, you've both just said, really. Um, those games you've pinpointed have actually what I've got written down here as to why he's not quite got a nine. Um, I, I, I can't give anyone a ten. Um, and there's a man a bit later on who probably is close to being deserving of that as possible. Um, so, yeah, I've gone with eight with Trent. Um, I agree. I think he's he's actually improving this season. He's actually gone on another level, which is just ridiculous. Um, that triangle he's formed with Salah and generally whoever the right side of midfielder is, it was Harvey Elliott at the start of the season. I thought that was frightening. He's obviously popping up more central positions himself now as well. And he looks a bit more of a goal threat. Obviously, his assists are still through the roof, but he actually looks a goal threat even more so himself now. So... That bodes well for what's to come, but yeah, you know, superb, but an eight for me. Yeah, I think Trent, um, given the technique he has and, you know, the fact that he does seem to be drifting inside more um, when he goes forward, is someone who should score a decent amount of goals each season over the course of his career. So that's 26 out of 30 uh, for Trent. Obviously, it was 21 for Allison. Moving on to uh, Joel Matip, who... I think I'm right in saying featured in one of the uh, MNF team of the seasons on Monday night. Uh, so obviously he's been held in quite high regard for his performance up to this point. Um, Dan, what rating have you given him? Yeah, I'll give him massive an eight as well. Um, I've been, I actually think he's been our best defender so far this season. Uh, and considering, you know, he was kind of he kind of was our first choice alongside Van Dyke at times, but then injuries never really let him have that role permanently, um, which kind of gave us to Joe Gomez for a long period. But I think we've all seen when Matip come in and out of the side. You know, he has the quality to be, 
you know, that number one, like I say, alongside Van Dyke. And I think this season he's proved that. I think he's been outstanding. Um, so I've given him an eight. Um, and it would have been a nine if he'd have finally finished off on them mad runs he goes on. Last night, we might have been talking tens for Joel Matip. Just to say as well on that topic, I think Joel Matip was unbelievable last night. He was one of the few to come out of that game with any sort of you know, credit in many ways. Um, because he was just outstanding. Uh, reads the game really well, strong, dominant, carries the ball out brilliantly and starts off a lot of attacks. So, yeah, absolutely brilliant. He definitely does. Um, I think one thing that maybe isn't spoken about enough in terms of Matip is, you know, some of the passes he plays in some midfielders. I think I remember one game against, um, I think it was against City, actually, um, earlier in the season. I remember watching it back and realising that how many times he was actually the one who was initiating the attacks when the rest of the team had sort of lost their way in the first half. And I think that was one of his better games. Um, There was the back-to-back Villa and Wolves games as well, uh, where I thought he was man of the match or certainly a man of the match. We wouldn't normally see him play back-to-back either, would we, previously? So, obviously, but you just said it there. He obviously played them back-to-back games. And previously, that's something he would never do. So, that's a big sort of marker of where he's at. Yeah, 100%. And I was going to say, um, actually, you've reminded me that we're at the halfway point of the season. I don't think Matip's had any injury, or if he has, it's only been a, a one-game one, which is pretty miraculous in itself. And credit to the, the club for, obviously, they've used Kanate at certain points, and there's tactical reasons for that, but also they seem to have managed them quite well. Um, there's been games where I've seen Matip get criticism on Twitter. The only one that stood out to me um, as a quite a poor one was the Brentford game. Where I think Ivan Tony but dominated him in a way that you don't normally see uh, with Matip, who's quite you know strong in the air. So I've gone for an eight as well. Um, Chloe, is it a full house or have you gone a bit different? No, full house with an eight. Um, and I think it kind of messes up my next couple because I'm stuck in the middle with them. But uh, yeah, Matip for me has been probably our, you know, when we talk about central defenders, standout defenders, I just think the way he carries a ball into midfield it offers so much further up the pitch. It lets us go in between the lines and be available for those passes. Um, and the passes he does on the edge of the box, that that just break the lines is brilliant for us. And obviously, um, I literally screamed yesterday when I saw him go on that magical run. And I was just begging for it to finish in a goal, but it, it didn't. Um, I think he could have... I, I, for me, I think he's there's a catalogue of errors for their goal. And I think he has a slight problem in it. But saying that, I think he was the best player on the pitch for us. Yeah, 100%. And I think there was a game against Leeds, actually, where one of those runs, I don't know if either of you mentioned it. Apologies if I'm just repeating what you said. But I think he basically went on one of those dashes and um, he maybe played the pass before the assist uh, for one of the goals. So it's not just um, a case of him sort of going on a mad dash. It's more a case of he is actually... It is actually a really dangerous uh, weapon. It can be when he brings the ball out. Um, we'll move on to, uh, not to Van Dyke. We'll do Van Dyke in a second. We're going to come to uh, our only summer signing, Kanate, now. So uh, back to you, Chloe. See, this is a weird one for me because the what I'm going to say for Kanate is exactly what I'm going to say for Virgil Van Dyke, but I'd rate Virgil Van Dyke's performance is higher. But I went for a seven for Kanate. Um, he, he pocketed. Uh, Ronaldo at Old Trafford. He was brilliant there. Um, I think I think when he's played, he's generally been good. He comes on the second half of the League Cup 
And I think he literally influences the game so much. Um, I think against Leicester, it was ridiculous how, how much him being at the back stable Joe Gomez as well as everyone else on the pitch. Um, and I'm excited to see more from him. He's a young lad. He's made a couple of mistakes here and there. I think Brighton, first half, he does great. Second half, he's absolutely all over the pitch, but so is Virgil van Dijk. Um, and I just think, for me, I'm excited for the future because he looks like a player. And uh, I think it'd be unfair for me to rate it any level when he's, you know, I haven't seen him as much in big games. Um, so I haven't seen him deal with the, the best of the best week in, week out. But when he has dealt with the best and he's dealt with the pressure, I feel like he's done fairly good as a, as a young lad who's coming into the Premier League, the best league, and uh, having a go at the back against some of the most awkward players in the world. Do you know what? I think seven is maybe a little bit on the harsh side. I, I've gone for an eight um, just because he has had uh, you know shaky moments that you talk about. But I just think that the way Liverpool defend... Um, is up there with probably the most aggressive teams in Europe in terms of we commit so many players forward and we we press so aggressively that the defence is you know often left in quite exposed situations and I think it's probably he's almost had to you know adjust to that even things like you know when it's um, those three on three or four on four situations and the defence steps up instead of like running back that is a really like aggressive tactic and um it can be quite hard i think for you know a player to adjust to that so i think especially with that in mind i've been really impressed with him and i echo what you said about the potential that he has um you know the Leicester game as you alluded to man of the match there i think he was man of the match against ac milan um, at the san siro as well does he was brilliant in that game and uh ronaldo obviously Got a taste of uh, of his brilliance as well. So I've to gone be honest, with an eight, I, for, can I say? The only reason I went with seven is because I haven't seen enough of him. And mm, I don't yeah. blame me for not seeing enough of him because we've got Matip and Virgil van Dijk at the back. You, you're not going to break into that unless someone has an injury or a seriously bad run of form. And even then, you're better on Virgil van Dijk to be benched. I, I don't think so. So mm. um, I didn't give eight because I just don't think I've seen enough of him. Um, no. I love him. He's a unit. He's boss, but I haven't seen enough of him. You know what? That's that's fair. I think, you know, when I talked at the start about players, 10 or more appearances, I imagine he's just about qualifying um, in, in that scale. So I suppose that's fair enough. And Dan, what have you gone with? Yeah, I've gone with seven as well, um, to be honest with you. It was, it's interesting. I was almost, you know, waiting for the casting vote on this. And I was almost... Um and R in between both of you. I mean, I've wrote seven down. I'm going to stick by it. Um, it's interesting, Chloe said, dealt with the best, because that is literally what I've got written in front of me right here, dealt with the best, because, you know, when he gets thrown into that game at Old Trafford, I know what we did to them, you know, was ridiculous and, you know, one of the greatest days of many Liverpool fans' lives, but he still dealt with Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, re- really comfortably, actually, on the day. So that just shows you what we've got in the player. And um, the reason I've only given him a seven is because I didn't want, I tried to be as objective as possible. I didn't want recency bias to really sway my decision because I think he's been brilliant when he's been called upon in recent weeks. But I think if you take his, you know, half of the season as a whole, his early performances were shaky and there were errors in them. And you could almost see why Klopp was waiting. I think we spoke about on the pod before, you know, when Klopp signs someone, it tends to take a while before we see them. 
And it certainly takes a while before we see them regularly. And I think we could see that with Canate. Um, and now he's getting sort of dropped into the side here and there again. You think, OK, yeah, he's become accustomed to the way we play. You mentioned the stepping up and stuff like that. He's getting all that now. So I think we've got a, a potentially world-class footballer on our hands. But for now, I've been impressed with what I've seen. But I'd reserve your sort of eights and above judgment because I haven't seen him do it often enough. Well, so I was the only one who went went with an eight there. You two both maybe a little bit want to see uh, a few more glimpses of of Kanate. And yeah, I think Klopp has uh, managed him quite well for the most part, like you say, Dan. Um, on now to one where I think I've gone with my first, the first call I'd look at and say that's quite bold from me, um, potentially. Um, and Virgil van Dijk. So, Dan, we'll come back to you first. Oh, I'm more interested in yours now. No, um, I've given uh, Virgil a seven as well, um, which he might be a victim of his own sort of brilliance in many ways because he hasn't been as good as the Virgil we know and love this season. He's been incredible. He's been, you know, dominant and strong when he's been called upon. But there's still something that he's become more of like, he, he never really engaged with people unless he had to. That's one of his best attributes, in my opinion. You know, he doesn't deal with a situation by physically engaging with someone unless it, if it goes that far, something's gone wrong. And that's great. But this season, that seems to be even more the case. He's standing off things a little bit more. And whether that's, you know, an impact of what went on last year, we don't know. But his organisation and his quality and his, his speed and all that looks there. It looks like he's he's got everything back. But there's still something just not quite not quite the Virgil van Dijk yet, in my opinion. Um, but listen, I'm being uber critical because the man previously was just untouchable, let's be honest. Um, so, yeah, seven for me. So I think this is one where um, I've probably gone sort of the definitely the kind end of the scale, but... The reason I have is because I think there's an element of, of taking this for granted. And I saw a tweet actually the other day about this, about how Liverpool fans, I don't think, have really talked enough about the level Van Dijk is playing at, which I think is 95% maybe of yeah. pre-injury level, maybe 90% after you know a serious ACL injury, which has kept him out for mm-hmm. from... Um, October to sort of August, I think the timeline was, or uh, maybe maybe July. Um, and I just think that the fact that there's been minimal drop-off is uh, is pretty amazing. And uh, whilst he has made some defensive errors, the one that's just popped into my mind as I'm talking is uh, the Atletico game where he gets sort of spun all ends up by, uh, by Griezmann. Um, I think he's put in so many quietly flawless performances that have really gone under the radar. I think the only time, one of the only times I can recall Van Dijk getting widely applauded after the game is against Chelsea when he, he did really well in that much-anticipated battle with Lukaku. So I've actually gone quite big and I've given him a 9 out of 10 because I'm trying to make a point about how um, I think it's gone under the radar a bit. So, yeah, yeah I've gone quite high on, on Virgil. But I suspect, I might be wrong, Chloe, but I suspect you've gone maybe more towards what, what Dan was saying. I went with the 7, but I'm on yet. Um... Matip's been the best defender for me, so I can't rate Virgil any higher, and I gave Matip an eight. So he wasn't getting an eight, he wasn't getting a nine. Yeah. <laughs> so he got a seven. 
Um, I think I echo everything you said. For someone to have an ACL injury and come back like that's outrageous. Um, but saying that, there have been times when there's teams on the the attack, and Virgil Van Dijk instead of going to the ball is just ran in the complete other direction, and it's ended up in a goal or at least a very good chance that we've had to make a save from. Um, and it's happened several times at home, especially where. He just hasn't he hasn't gone to the ball, he hasn't closed the man down. And usually he he wouldn't have to get touch tight, but usually season's gone. He'd run close. And I think it was I think it was Jimenez maybe or someone um a couple of seasons ago. And they were literally one v one on the counter and they shot from about 30 yards out because they just saw yeah. Virgil van Dyke coming towards them. That's not happening really anymore for me. I think He's backing off more than he is going to. Um, I think him and Kanate got ran ragged second half against Brighton. Um, obviously, for the City game, no one's had a brilliant defensive display in that first 45. Um, I think there's been times where I've thought to myself, what? And, and the thing I've been most impressed with is just how much he offers us going forward with the, with mm-hmm. the diagonal ball to Salah. Um, yeah. That's what I, I thought Liverpool missed. And that's what we've got back. Um, but for me, he's been exceptional, yeah, but he's not been at the same level as Matip, so I've put him under Matip. Um, and uh, I think by the end of the season, he could be a nine, and I think he could uh, like end up getting in the in the squad um, for squad of the season and things like that. But for right now, um, I don't think he's been on the same level as Matip. You're right, that his rating could go up. I mean... We've got some season-defining matches on the horizon, like obviously Chelsea at the weekend. We'll have to go to City, and um, some big uh, Champions League knockouts um, on, you know, on the way as well. Hopefully, uh, I can recall one moment where the where the striker rushes a shot because um, I remember I think I took a screenshot of it and put it on Twitter. Actually, um, I think it was from the derby, Richarlison um, lashing a shot, but I think that was yeah, just did, kind yeah. of. That kind of epitomised the uh, Everton's kind of <laughs> attitude on that day. I think of just sort of maybe a little bit rabbit in headlights when they did get a, they get an opportunity. But yeah, so twenty three out of thirty for Van Dijk, which overall I'd say, um, whilst I'm, I'm doing a lot of the, the heavy lifting on that rate, and um, I think overall is probably a fair score out of thirty. On to someone who would probably split opinion, let's say, and again one of the more interesting. Uh, players on the list, Andrew Andrew Robertson, who's obviously suspended at the moment after that red against Spurs. Um, Chloe, what have you gone for? I've gone with another seven. Um, I think the first half of the season, Costas was better than him. Um, and I've rated, well, I'll tell you where I've rated Costas in a minute. But um, I think there was a game where, I think it was Chelsea where he came on, was it? No, it was the game before Chelsea. And he came on, he played for like 20 minutes and it was like, oh my God, there's the Andy Robertson we know. Um, before then, he was a shadow of himself. I didn't think he was as good as we we wanted him to be and I think he needs to find his feet. Um, and, you know, he, he did play in the World Cup fair play term, so like he hasn't had as much um, rest as, the, as some of the others that, that we talk about when we talk about the likes of, you know, Salah and that and also Trent had some more time off with missing out on the World Cup. Eh, not the World Cup, the Euros, sorry. Um, so 
for me, I don't think he's been at the level of previous seasons. Um, I think he's now hitting a patch where I think to myself, yes, this is the Robbo we know. But he then does something completely and utterly stupid in a game in which, I mean, everyone's head's gone sure, but my Christ, you're a senior, you're a captain of Scotland, you can't. And he did come out and he apologised and, um, you know, he held his hands up to it. But I think he started to get in a run where I thought, yeah, that's that's the Robbo, that's dangerous, that's the Robbo we love. And then he goes and volleys a player and you think to yourself, why have you done that? We've got 15 minutes to go, we're 2-2, we can see us going on to win the game. We've been open all game, sure, but we've created chances. Uh, and he just volleys someone, nearly does his own ACL as he does it, and then gets sent off and, and basically means that we just can't go on and win the game. So um, a mixed season for me for Robbo. The first half wasn't good enough. Uh, second half coming into it, I think he's been much better. Um, and, you know, hopefully he will continue that run of form. Um because I think him, I think he is the best uh, left back in the world for sure, and I think him and Trent reach heights that that no other pairing can get. So um, I do hope that when he gets back into the squad after his suspension, that um, he hits the ground running again. I had seven as well, and that Tottenham moment did make me briefly think about mm. um, throwing a sixes way. To be honest, um, could have been the match winner in that game as well. Obviously. Uh, so a bit of a hero to villa moment. Uh, he's not been quite obviously on the level of Trent when it comes to creating chances. Um, Trent's first, he's thirteenth. He's had five assists, which is which is decent going as well. To be fair, and I think we have seen recently, um, as you mentioned, Chloe, that he's responded positively to the competition from Simicast. So seven from me as well. Dan, what about you? Yeah, uh, clean sweep of sevens. Um, and a lot of my seven is is owing to the fact that he responded so well to the challenge from Simicast. Because, you know, I spent a lot of the first few weeks of this season calling for Simicast to play ahead of Robertson because it just felt like when he was playing, he was playing better than him. I thought Robertson was off it for a while, actually. Um, and I think the match, I might be wrong, but I think the match, I want to say it was Porto, whereby Robertson came on and was just outstanding for half an hour. And he thought, okay, you know, he's back. And then from that moment on, he was brilliant. He was brilliant in the Spurs game up until he went and did what he did. Um, so, yeah, I think Gary Neville was particularly full of praise for him and Trent in terms of revolutionising fullback. So, yeah, Robertson's numbers aren't exactly what they have been in previous seasons. They're still decent, like you say, Dave. But, yeah, um, definite signs that we start. we were starting to get the best of him back. And, Hopefully, you know, after this weekend and he's back back again, we can uh, we can see the rest of that coming for the rest of the season. So 21 for Robertson then, which is incidentally the same as we gave Alisson. On to the last of the defenders. And we have already done half an hour, but I think when, once we get to the midfielders, it'll speed up a bit because there's quite a few who maybe there won't be all yeah. that much to, uh, to say about. But... Um, Let's uh, finish off with Simicas and Dan. We'll come straight back to you. You just said that um, you wanted Simicas to be the start on left back at a point earlier in the season. So is that reflected in a higher rating than you gave Robbo? It is, yeah. But no, it's not reflected in a higher rating. No, it's reflected in the same. Like I say, I was really impressed with how Robertson bounced back actually, because you know there's two ways a player can go when the challenge for a spot like he was, um, and I believe it was a genuine challenge as well. And Robertson bounced back really well. So 
the biggest compliment I can pay Simicast at the moment is the fact that he was challenging Andy Robertson, who's been the best left back in the world for about three years, in my opinion. So he's also got a seven. Um, like I say, still impressed with him when he plays a four again, you know, alongside Matt, if he was one of the better players last night against Leicester. So, you know, credit to him because whenever he gets a chance, he takes it with both hands. So, you know, you can't knock the lad for that. The Greek scouser as well, a lot of time for him. Yeah, he's definitely become a bit of a, uh, a cult hero. Probably plays down how, how good he's been. But, you know, I can't speak highly enough of Simakas. I think he's been absolutely perfect as a backup left back. I think last night he was our best player, like you said, Dan. I thought he was really good against Leicester in the Cup as well. Um, and his best games other than that, maybe Atletico in the Champions League and, and Burnley at the start of the season when Robbo was injured. You know, it's been a, just a seamless transition. I can't recall too many defensive mistakes. He's put in some absolutely outstanding crosses as well. Um, and yeah, I think he's been an absolute revelation this season. And genuinely, I think with a few more assists, I'd be thinking about giving him a 10. I honestly would, because I I can't, I cannot fault what I've seen from him. I've gone for a nine. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Do you, yeah just honestly, to say, I just to say, love, love you're right. You're right, because obviously with the Robertson suspension, if that was Trent getting sent off, we'd have all been like heartbroken. We think, oh, who's going to play right back? But with Simicas and Robertson, it's okay. So that is a huge compliment to Simicas. But just like the one thing that that I have got to say about him that was disappointing was at the end of that Tottenham game, whereby his decision making oh. was off. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you so give me nine, you, so it's yeah, huge. Another moment you're talking about. Yeah. Um. That's the thing. It's not like that's like when I say like a few more assists, like a few more maybe big moments, and then I'm thinking about calling them like totally faultless. So there has maybe been one or two areas where you want that tiny bit more. But yeah, for me, it's just it is literally just tiny moments like that. Um, and for the most part, he's been um, outstanding this season, and that's reflected in the fact that we've we probably agree that Robertson's the best left back in the world, and this guy is push Robertson right to the limit this season. So I think he's worthy of a nine. So I'm intrigued on, on the back of that to see what you've gone with, Chloe. I went with an eight, but if I was to choose, I'd go to a nine instead of a seven if you gave me the two options. Um, like if I couldn't choose eight and it was between nine or seven, I'd give him a nine. Uh, I think not just has he challenged Robbo, he's been better than Robbo. Um, there's no doubt about it for me. He's been better than Robertson. And I've felt in games where, at the beginning of the season, definitely, where I thought, why are we starting Robbo? Because, you know, he's not informed. This Tismikas is. Every time Tismikas has played, I can't really fault him. He's been so consistent every time he's played. It's ridiculous. And that's why I gave him an eight. Because consistency alone is what makes you one of the world's best. And my God, every time he's played, I don't think I've had anything really bad to say. Maybe his final ball yesterday, um, and obviously against Spurs, you could maybe take it on. But um, we've also got to know that that he's young, he's fitting into a squad. Um, he's also got some of the best players around him, which odds on if you give them the ball, they're going to score. So he's probably thinking more about that. And he's probably also thinking about, here's a couple of lads who are going for the golden boots. If I shoot here and miss, I'm going to be fumed up. And I think that's also a part of him. But um, I think he's been one of our best players. He's been boss to watch. Um, his energy, his love for the club, 
Um, and he just he, he's like he's embodied Robbo. I think I think his work ethic's unbelievable. And what I will say about the lad, um, yesterday in that first half, the balls to Manny in behind were the the kind of balls he was doing in that game. I thought to myself. Mm, you probably don't want to lose it there in transition and it's not necessarily an easy ball because if you mess up the weight of the ball then you're in danger every time that ball was pinpoint accuracy pinpoint weighted and it always was at Manny's feet and we we can get on to how we think Manny's performed later but I think for me Costas especially from, from set pieces as well I think he's our best corner, corner taker for me uh, from a dead ball I just think uh, he's been a revelation for me. I've I've loved watching him. Um, and the best thing that I can give to him is I feel completely and utterly safe if he starts above Robbo. And that you know, a couple of seasons ago, you wouldn't have thought that because you looked at Robertson and you thought he's irreplaceable. Uh, now, if cost if I see Costas on that team sheet, I'm absolutely sound with it. And we're going into a game on Sunday, obviously, away to Chelsea. And you know, if you said at the start of the season, no Robertson for that, you're thinking. Oh God, uh, we might be in a bit of trouble here, but like you say, absolute confidence in him. And I think um, another absolute banger from Liverpool's recruitment team, to be honest. So we've come to the end of the defenders. Trent currently leading the way with 26 out of 30. And then we have uh, two players on 21, which is Alisson and Robertson. So we've on to the midfielders and on to someone who, I'll be honest, I... Couldn't really think of too much to say in either direction. And I think that's probably sums up the nature of the player in a way. It's uh, Fabinho. So, uh, Chloe, if you give your rating for him, first of all. Um, this was a hard one for me because I couldn't think truly about many bad games the lad has had. Um, and yet I think of a midfield without Fabinho and I'm scared. So I went with an eight because I think a lot of the stuff he does is just it goes so far under the radar because he's one of the ones who cleans up in that midfield. He does the the dirty work per se. Um, he's winning the ball back. He's recycling the ball. Uh, he's also got the the well we we've seen it in previous seasons. He's got the ability to absolutely score a screamer, um, and his passing range is boss as well. So for me, um. I just went with an eight because I couldn't really think of many errors that he'd made. Uh, even when he's on a yellow within the first 10, 15 minutes, I feel assured at the fact that he's going to be professional enough to not get another. Uh, he takes one for the team when he needs to. He knows when he needs to take a yellow as well, which is what I like. Um, and I just think without him there, I'd be I'd look at me midfield and I'd be worried because I don't think anyone in that midfield can do the job that Fabinho can do. I'd agree with that. And I'm thinking my score of seven is maybe a little bit harsh in, in light of what you said. You've almost convinced me, but I've kind of gone with it because um, I can think of a couple of games where he's really been outstanding. I think there was the Leeds game uh, and against AC Milan as well. Thought he had a brilliant game there. Um, and I think the story with Fabinho at the time has been that he hasn't had enough help uh, because Thiago hasn't been able to play every game. When, when he's alongside Thiago, I think that's when we look at our, at our best. And I'll probably mention that again when we come on to Thiago in a minute. Um, and yet to be fair, Chloe, I can't really think of many mistakes he's made either, but I won't I won't change my rate and I'll stick with a seven because I think that's sort of a when you when you're a seven out of ten, you think that's just kind of a good 
good solid rated and i think that's kind of the level he's he's probably being at so dan what about you I'm with Chloe, yeah, I've gone for an eight. Um, he's one of them players, isn't he, Fabinho, whereby you don't really notice him until he's not there. And then when we play without him, I think we look a shell of the team. And I think we saw glimpses of that last season, even when he was just moved to central defence. Not going to start that whole conversation again, but just think we miss him so much in the midfield when he's not there. So I agree with both of what you've said. I don't think he's done anything particularly, you know, outstanding. I don't think he's had many man the match performances per se or or disasters definitely but like i say for me so so important to this team he's one of the most important players so he's an eight for me so two eights and a seven for fabinho we'll come on now to a player who based on the, the state of uh of twitter um since that last the game is probably the most polarizing one i think if you asked um liverpool fans to rate uh a player as performances this season, this one might have the biggest spread potentially. Jordan Henderson, uh, what have you gone with then? Yeah, um, it was a difficult one, and um, I actually think his form has fluctuated quite a lot this season, and um, which is what made it so hard because there've been you know little spells whereby I think oh, he's been outstanding for a little bit, he's been superb, you know, driving us forward. You know, his quality has been brilliant. Obviously, scored a couple of goals, the goal in the derby, and you think, oh yeah, top class player, really showing it. But then he has these weird little dips as well. I don't think he started the season, you know, right at the start particularly well. Um, and his past couple of games since coming back from that, you know, very brief illness have been quite poor as well. So, really difficult one, Jordan Henderson. Um, having said all of that, I think his leadership is still massively important to this side. Um, and I think we we notice that when he's on the field and we notice him when he's not, similar to Fabinho in many ways. Um, so, yeah, I've given him a seven. Um, which might be slightly on the kind side, um, and it might not have been as high as a seven if he wasn't the captain. Let's just say that. Yeah, that is maybe a factor, the sort of intangibles. I have actually gone with my lowest rating so far. I've gone with a six. Um, I think to start on the positives, there was obviously that derby performance that we raved about on here, um, rightfully so. That was kind of a performance for the ages that, um, he scored the winning goal against Milan as well. Uh, famous European night. And he's actually got three goals and, and four assists as well, which is is good going. I think he's um, been getting forward quite a lot. And maybe that is part of the problem at the same time. Because um, I think his defensive contribution hasn't been good enough so far this season, to be honest. And um, it's been an issue for us. And like you say, Dan, that hasn't been the consistency in his performances that you might necessarily be looking for. So... Yeah, um, I want to see more from Henderson second half of the season. And it's worth saying that Harvey Elliott started over him uh, in the game he got injured against Leeds. I think when Elliott comes back, uh, providing that he can uh, sort of hit the ground running, um, there could be a conversation to be had. And Klopp might you know, be thinking about making changes if Henderson can't consistent, consistently deliver. Uh, maybe that's being a little bit dramatic and Klopp, you know, we know he likes his his most trusted players. Um, but I do think that he will have to look over the shoulder at some point in the not too distant future, uh, potentially. Um, so, Chloe, what have you gone with? I went with a seven. Um, one of the reasons I went with a seven is you mentioned Harvey Elliott there. When Harvey Elliott was playing, Henderson was moved to the left of a midfield three. That's not his position. He can't play there. Um, it takes so much out of his game. 
Um, he's a right-footed player. Um, and, you know, when someone sets you the ball, your natural instinct on the right-hand side when he's right-footed is just to bend one in and whip one in. Uh, you, you didn't see a lot of that because he was playing on the left and, and it, the, the foot it naturally came to was, was your left foot. Um, and I don't think he trusted himself enough with his left foot. Um, so I think, you know, Harvey Elliott had... I, I love Harvey Elliott. Uh, I can't wait to see him back again. Um, but I do think Harvey Elliott moving into that right side of, of, a, of a three did have an effect on the way Jordan Henderson played. Um, saying that, I don't think he's been good enough this season. Uh, you've saw spells of it, which I think um, the Everton game, he's absolutely outstanding. Um, but defensively, I just don't think he's helped Trent out enough. And a lot of people have scapegoat Trent as well. But I truly think with how attacking these fullbacks are, um, you need your, your midfielders, on the, like the wide midfielders, to also cover for you. And I think we can look at the goal yesterday and people can fume at, at um, Trent. I also, where was where was Henderson covering? Henderson was stood in no man's land in between Trent and their two players, just stood there watching the ball. Um, I think for me, he's put in some good performances and he is a leader. You constantly see him talking to people through the game, which I think is what helps him out as well, is the fact that, He's the one that kind of orchestrates a lot of things in midfield just for the fact of him helping others through the game, him screaming at people for where they need to be. Um, but just because you scream at some players and, and move them in position doesn't mean that you're going to get away with the performance that you've been putting in. And I just think he's been a bit below par. I still love the lad, but um, I think he needs a big, big, you know, second half of the season because you look at him you know, season's gone and without him in that midfield, you see how much he means to us. Um, but this season, I think he has uh, struggled. He struggled defensively, especially. Um, and I think, you know, if we were to look at the the, the best midfield 3 4 he'd be in there. But with Harvey Elliott coming back and potentially, you know, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain pushing on and Navi Keita looking as good as he has been, um, I think Jordan Anderson, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he didn't start more games. We'll come on to, to like Oxley James in a second, but I think you're right. I think Ox has been better in the defensive side of the game, which surprises me in insofar as like you actually look at like the backgrounds of the player, like Ox is like, you know, he can play as a winger. We've used him as a centre forward, but he seems to have his defensive awareness and defensive contribution has been better than Henderson, who we sometimes use as a number six. Um, so, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said there. Um, let's move on to uh, Thiago, who hasn't really had uh, maybe the, the kind of consistent runs in the side. We'd like to just seem to be getting interrupted. Obviously, the latest is, isn't an injury. It's, uh, it's COVID, but what's your rating for him, Chloe? I'm extremely stuck on this one because mm. when he plays, I want to give him an eight. But I can't give you an eight if you're not playing consistently. Like, it does my head in players who are so injured all the time. Um, and it seems that, like, you know, he, he plays well, he gets in a good run of form, and then all of a sudden he's out. Um, and it really does my head in because he's just been out with COVID and all of a sudden he's picked up an injury. <laughs> like, you've been sat at home, what have you done? Um, I'm, I want to go with an eight because he's been better than Henderson, but 
as he played as much as I want to. Here's the point where if, if we had 7.5s, I'd like that. Um, I'll go with an 8 because when he's played, I think he's been outstanding. Um, and he's been instrumental in everything that we've done. But um, I would say I was close to giving him a 7 just for the fact that he's he's not played as many games as you need him to play. I see, yeah, I see the dilemma you had there. I think I've, um, thankfully, I gave Henderson a little bit lower, which means that I don't feel as as bad about giving Thiago a seven. Um, I think, like I said earlier, we're a better team when Thiago plays and he's put in some brilliant performances this season. Above all, probably against Wolves, thought it was his best game and scored a couple of, uh, we scored obviously the amazing goal against Porto and then followed it up with another one against Southampton. Um, I think the following weekend. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of Thiago, but I don't think I've quite seen sort of eight out of ten level from him. Um, and as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, he does have this tendency to uh, to give away possession in dangerous situations, which hasn't cost us a huge amount. Thankfully, you know he's been bailed out. Um, but you do you do worry about stuff like that. So I've gone with a seven. What about you, Dan? Yeah, Thiago was one of my 7.5s um, that were shunned earlier in the show. Um, but yeah, that, and for the exact reasons Chloe mentioned, really, to be honest with you, um, I think he's a cut above what we've got in midfield, which is saying something when he plays and when he's, you know, in a groove. I think he's an absolute different class, to be honest with you. He sees things that, you know, most footballers in the Premier League can't see, let alone in this Liverpool squad. So... He is world class, but we just don't see it enough, do we? We haven't seen it enough in the you know nearly eighteen months that he's been with us. Um, so I've opted for a seven for that reason. Um, just hope, you know, after this latest bout of fitness and COVID issues, that we can see his class again because he's one of my favourite footballers to watch. You know, in world football, when when he's right, um, and like you say, you touched upon that goal against Porto. I mean. Dear me, so what a player, but just a seven for now. Yeah, then fingers crossed, obviously, that he's, he's fit for Sunday. As far as I remember, he was a substitute the first time we played Chelsea this season and uh, didn't play against Man City, so it would be nice to see him in one of those, you know, massive games against one of the, the other two title contenders and see what kind of performance he can deliver there. But let's move on to the, we've got three sort of reserve midfielders to do before we get to the forwards and we'll start with the player we mentioned already in Ox so straight back to you Dan Yeah another difficult one um, Ox and Chamberlain in my opinion I've been um, singing his praises quite a lot in recent weeks because when a player surprises you you know with their form because I was probably one of quite a lot of people thinking you know he might even leave in the summer or you know what's his role now at the club and so on and so forth but Fair play to him. He's really stuck to his guns. He's obviously worked hard. He's got fit. And he's been brilliant. You know, when he's been called upon, whether it be from the start or the bench, he's really, you know, really impressed me. Um, and he can probably feel hard done by to have not played more. I don't know. I know the criteria was 10 games, but I imagine he wasn't much over that. And when you take into account substitute appearances, you know, in terms of minutes, he's probably not played that many, really. Certainly not when it comes to the Premier League. And he probably deserves a bit more because, you know, when you compare him to Jordan Henderson and the performances, there's not going to be much between them. You know, there's really not. So, really difficult one to mark. Um, 
I've gone with a seven. I've gone with a seven just because, like I said, I've been really impressed, really pleasantly surprised with how he's done. Um, and I think he's one of the few midfielders in this side that this midfield has lacked goals for a while. He can give you goals, the ox. He gives us something different. So, yeah, a lot of time for him and fair play to the lad for sticking around and, and making an impression. It's funny you say that about goals. I think you're right in terms of the threat he offers. But if he does play a lot in the second half of the season, then I'd hope he does uh, based on the level of performance you're seeing from him. Um, I think that'll be an area where he's looking to maybe improve the goal against Leicester. Surprisingly, actually, was uh, his first of the season. Um, I think so. Yeah, hopefully there's an improvement in that regard. I remember there was a game at the start of the season against... Um, about four games in against Leeds, and he came on as a substitute, and it was a really poor substitute performance. Not that it mattered in the context of that game, but I was worried about him then. But I think then the turn since then the turnaround's been really impressive. I've not liked it when he's been used as a centre forward, to be honest. I don't think that's that's for him. No. I think, you know, right sided midfielder in the three uh, is the role where he's up best. And I think a seven as well. But certainly, you know, if there were point fives, it would probably be a seven point five, to be honest, because uh like I say, since Leeds, I've been largely pretty impressed. So, full house of sevens, Chloe, or have you gone maybe a little bit higher? No, yeah, I, I gave him a seven um, just for the fact of, I think when he's came on, he's been, you know, and started, he's done well. But still in those games, he can have really quiet patches. Um, and that's the only thing is, uh, I don't think he's lively for the entire 90 minutes. Uh, he can come on, he can do a job, he can start, he can do well. But during those moments, he will have a quiet patch in which for 10, 15 minutes, you think to yourself, is he even on the pitch? Um, but I love Oxlade-Chamberlain. Um, I don't want him to leave just because I like him so much. Not, never mind the fact that he can play football, but um, I really do like him as, as, a, as a person and as a character. Um, so, yeah, I, hopefully he can have a big second half of the season, get some goals and refine the form that he had before he, he sadly got that ACL injury. Yeah, it's tempting, it's tempting to wonder what kind of career he would have had uh, without that. Um, let's move on to someone who I would have thought might be the quickest um, rating sweep of the episode. Um, someone who is under the radar by definition, uh, Milner. Uh, straight back to you, Chloe. I'm stuck in a hole again with this one. Um, see... I don't want to be harsh on the lad uh, because I don't think he's played enough to even try and be harsh on him, to be fair to him. Um, I think with with his age now, he gets he's picking up more injuries and he is one of the fittest people in the squad. But we've got to be honest, and he has been less available this season than, than most seasons gone. Um, and it, it doesn't help when Jürgen Klopp's bringing you on the pitch for Favinho in a game which... I don't necessarily think it is the correct sub. Um, so, I don't want to be mean on the lad, but like he could be me lowest mark, he could. And it's it's not really fault of his own, it's just because I haven't seen him enough. Um, saying that, he, he sets up a goal for Tacky in the last minute to give Liverpool another magical night. But I, I, I'll go with a six, I will. Well, if it makes you, if it makes you feel any better about handing, it, handing that rating out to him, that's what I've gone with as well. Um, I think the, the game, his highest profile game of the season was when he got, he basically got shafted and put right back against against Foden um, in that City match. And that was a very, very difficult one for him. 
Um, although I think he actually played dead against Palace as well. Um, don't think Trent was available. I think he was ill. Did quite well against the hard in that one. So, you know, uh, I suppose that's kind of a counterpoint. But I just don't see that Milner's made a huge, you know, positive impact, to be honest. Um, I think it's probably for the best that it is last season at the club. And I don't mean that in a harsh way. I just think that, you know, the end of his contract um, in the summer is kind of a natural part and place, given the, the fitness levels and the performance levels as well, I'd say. So what about you, Dan? Oh God, I feel really bad now. Um, I'd give him a five. Uh, the only thing that made me even consider a six was that Crystal Palace performance you mentioned. Um, and I love the fella. God, I mean, who can't love James Milner? You know what I mean? The, the bloke's an absolute legend. But, you know, in terms of his squad role, in terms of what he's currently doing for Liverpool Football Club and this side... He's essentially, I've wrote down, he's the resident shithouse these days. It's like Klopp says to him, you go on there and you get booked within the first minute if you possibly can. That's That sounds so harsh. He's had a, a ridiculous career. His Liverpool career has been stupid as well. It's been brilliant. You know, as a free transfer, what a signing. But let's be honest, right now, you know, he comes on, he brings someone down, you know, professional foul more often than not. Someone's running through. He drags them back, takes them to the, and that's it. And it's great in terms of you know, often it's important, but that tends to be a squad role these days. So far, anyway, this season. So, yeah, listen. If he if he can get us through, you know, he's probably going to play in the Carabao Cup. He might play in the FA Cup. If he can be like an experienced figure in those matches when there's young youngsters around him, then great. But right now, I I couldn't give him any more than the five. I'm sorry. I have to say, it did tickle me when you said <laughs> he comes on, he brings someone down. Because <laughs> that, just, that just effectively sums up his remiss at the moment. Um, to to be yeah, fair 17. to him, I, act- I actually think, though, if he's brought on in the correct game, he's unbelievable. But when you're being, when Fabinho's being took off and you're being told to do that role, no, it's just not going to work. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. has to be, he has to be the correct sub. In which I think he struggles with in this this in this team because we can play so well for ninety minutes, um, and there's so many superstars in that performance. To to come on, you're probably not even first choice anyway, unless it's a game where you're holding on and you need a bit more defensive structure. You need a senior head in there, um, but when you're carrying games and he comes on, because we're just consistently that well. He doesn't really add much to it because there's not really much to add. Just be solid. Um, and I think that's his problem is because um, he's he's not going to be able to, to do what Fabinho does. Um, and, you know, he can put in a great performance, but it's being the correct sub um, in the games. And uh, I think most of the time he's not unless it's a really, really tight game. Yeah, it was quite strange yesterday to see him essentially played in a in a midfield too with a cater towards the end of the game. I think you're probably right about that sub. And let's finish uh, the midfielders with with Keita. Um Dan, I think it was your turn to go first on him. Uh yeah. God this this man. Um this is my most difficult one actually, Nabi Keita, to be honest with you. Um because he's one of my favourite players when it all comes together like it should. And thankfully, we've got a, a recent example of that, that second half against Leicester in the Cup. 
what what a performance, you know. He only plays half an hour, but absolutely out of this world. Like untouchable. You know, taking the piss out of most players, ridiculously good, makes things happen. We just don't see it often enough, do we? Anywhere near. And in fairness to him, you know, he started off the season really well, had a pretty clean bill of health and was a really important, you know, asset in the side. And then he gets injured against Brighton, comes off in the game, and the whole balance of that game changes and we he looks like a really important loss, but he hasn't quite managed to get recapture that form again. So such a difficult person. And this is, you know, his whole Liverpool career kind of encapsulated here as well, what I've just said. So, so difficult. Um, I've given him a seven because I think his performances right at the start of the season and fleetingly since have been good enough for that. But the injuries just, just hurt me so much with him. Yeah, I can keep this one pretty brief, I think. Again, it's just the consistency that's eluding him. More so in terms of game time than in terms of performances. I think performances have largely been pretty good when he has played. And he's got three goals as well, um, which is a decent return, I'd say. So it's seven from me too. What about you, Chloe? Uh, yeah, he also gets a seven from me. Um, I think the only reason I rate him lower than Thiago for game, like game-wise, I guess, um, because I have the same problem with both of them in the sense they haven't been available. Um, but Cater has been doing it for seasons now where he's been unavailable for the majority of the season. Thiago has been here a year, year and a half. Um, he's had to deal with a near leg-breaking challenge and also COVID and everything. So I gave Thiago the benefit of the doubt. I can't do that with, with Cater with how many seasons he's he's been like this. Yeah, I think that's that's fair enough. It's it's just a case with him of he just reels you back in and gives you hope. Um, every time he puts in like a really good performance as he did in the uh, the league cup last week off the bench. Uh, so that's it for the midfielders. The way it stands now, what we come on to the forwards the last few is Trent still leading the way with twenty six out of thirty, and Milner's now propping up the table with seventeen. So I'm intrigued to see. I suspect at least one of those. Um, positions is going to change um, so we'll go on to the forwards now but to keep things interesting just so we don't finish on a bit of a it would be a damn squib let's be honest if we finish with Minamino and Origi so let's get them out of the way now um, Chloe can I have your rating for Minamino please um, I, I don't think he's been as ineffective as Milner and Milner's a 6 so I'll give him a 7 but um, I'm giving him a seven based off the fact that I think there's a player in there. His touches on the pitch are quite nice. Um, he's had really good effect in the League Cup. Um, he scored against Arsenal in the league. I think there is a player in there. I think he just hasn't been given the opportunity. That's why I'm giving him a seven. However, he could have been on Milner's rating with a six just based off the fact that there are times where he comes on and he just completely gets lost. But then again, he usually gets subbed on with four minutes to go, so I don't really expect him to do much in those four minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for me, just play him, keep him in that front line. Don't be playing him in in midfield. Um, I don't think he, he has the attributes to play there. Uh, I've gone with a seven, um, just based on the goal tally. You know, five goals, one assist. Goal every 105 minutes, um, and obviously a big goal against Leicester as well. Definitely would have been a six without without that moment in the League Cup. So I think that's a decent 
return for the minutes he's played and the role he has. So seven for me, two. And Dan, um, what have you given him? I've gone with a six. Um, I take, you know, your points on board. His, his goals per minute ratio is good. Um, his Carabao Cup record is very good. He's, you know, one of the main reasons we've gone as far as we have in that competition. Um, perhaps he is slightly underused. Um, but for me, probably the most damning, you know, thing of his career on on Liverpool right now is the fact that Jurgen Klopp overlooks him still on the bench at occasions. Um, when we need someone to change the game or needs to make something happen, in the attacking sense, he often isn't the man we turn to. And that doesn't reflect well on him. So for me, it's a six. Yeah, I think there was the Villa game as well where Oxley chamberlain played centre-forward ahead of him. Yeah, I think true. it was I think it was Villa. So, yeah, that was a pretty... Pretty damning, I want to say. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think worthy of worthy of a seven. And straight back to you, Dan, on Origi. Yeah. Um, you know what? I've been really impressed with Origi this season. Um, similar to Oxley Chamberlain, I suppose, in many ways, um, from my perspective. Because he was another one that I thought, you know, he was almost nailed on. He was going to leave the club in the summer. But he's been refreshingly really good when he's been asked this season. Um, Whether it be from the start, which is something I've been critical of him in the past, I think his substitute outings have been far more effective previously. But this season, even when he started games, he started against AC Milan in Champions League and he was really good. So yeah, I've given Origi a seven. Obviously, we've had the goals as well. The Wolves one being the standout moment. But yeah, really positive and I'm a bit gutted he's been injured for the past couple of weeks because I think we could have done with him. And there's a possibility that we will see more of him um, next month with AFCON. I've gone eight for Rigi, actually. Um, I think he has... It's pretty similar to Minamino, but he's played less games. He is right on the threshold with, with 10 appearances. He scored the winner against Wolves. Um, Cup 10 has to be a very big goal. Hopefully it does. Um, and scoring every 79 minutes. Um, and playing. Playing better all round than he has. Um in recent times as well. Definitely an improvement on last season, that's for sure. So an eight from me. What about you, Chloe? Um, I think it could go either way. Uh, I literally wrote down seven, eight, seven slash eight, and I was just like, pick on the spot because uh, I, I was umming and ahhing over it because I think for the minutes he's played, he's done absolutely brilliantly. Um, You know, he looks, he looks energetic. He looks, you know, switched on. He's pressing. Um, and obviously he's came up with big goals saying that he's now injured and he's been unavailable um, and if we did have to play Leeds uh, Leicester within two days time you did kind of want him there um, and I think I think based off the fact based off his performances alone he'd get an eighth but I don't think he's being used enough for me to give him an eighth that's the only thing and I don't necessarily think that's his fault because you know He's not first name on the team sheet. But um, him not being available right now in, in a critical point of the season, it doesn't make me feel like he can go four games in a run for, for Af- when AFCON happens if, if he's getting injured whilst not even playing now. So um, I'm going to go with a seven, but I think he can feel hard done by, by not getting an eight just based off performance. Fair enough, I suppose. And yeah, that's a rating that might, might end up changing depending on his uh, usage level. So let's move on now to the the main four attackers and um, probably 
well, what I'd think would be the the highest rating of that the podcast. Uh, but maybe I'll be maybe I'll be surprised. Maybe someone decided to go with a really controversial shout. So, Chloe, uh, Mo Salah. Um, I really want to give him a ten, but I don't know if I can give him a ten until the end of the season. Um, so I'll go with nine. I mean, I really, I just want to give him ten because he's literally the best player in the world, and I feel like that deserves a ten. However, I don't think he's been on form in his last couple of games, and I think you can still, you know, we said the sky's the limit with him, but. Every player has a dip in form at some point throughout the season. Um, and I think, you know, especially with him not being here for AFCON, he's going to miss out on, on several goals here and there that other players will pick up. Um, I'll go with a nine because it's not the end of the season, but it could have very easily been a ten for him. This could, this could be the dip, but honestly, from my point of view, if you're not going to give Salah a ten at this stage, then I'm not sure... I'm not I mean I'm not sure what what a player would kind of has to do. Um, to be honest, I know Dan Dan mentioned before that he hadn't really given any tens out, so I'm expecting a nine from him too. But whilst the last couple of games have been quite weak, Dan talked before about trying to avoid recency bias, and that's what I tried to do. Um, you know, we lead the Prem for goals and assists comfortably for goals as well. Twenty four goal contributions in nineteen matches, records tumbling, like you say, Chloe, best player in the world, arguably. So. For me, it has to be a ten. Um, even to be though, fair, um, yesterday was a bit of a bit of a shocker, to be honest. I didn't give him a nine because his last two performances. I gave him a nine because it's not the end of the season. That is the only reason. Like, because yeah. um, at the end of the season, we'll see where he is, and if he's done even better, then it's a ten. Um, but for me, I'm not saying this is his his pause where he goes down a little bit. Now, what I'm saying is it's hot. It's impossible. You know, only like you think of Messi and Ronaldo, they're possibly only the two in, in years that have consistently been at that level. Um, and I think he's been at that level for several seasons, but every player at some point will have a dip. Whether that's just for two games, three games, or whether it's for, you know, an entire month, I'm not sure. I don't know whether he'll hit that or not. He's been our best player this season for sure. But it's not the end of the season, and therefore I can't give you a turn. But I, I wish I, I, I'd give him a ten just for the fact that he's the best player in the world. But it's not the end of the season. And hopefully, you know, you talk about that dip. I agree. I think the the timing of it, maybe he'll get his his worst game sort of out of his system when he's playing for Egypt. Um, apologies to any raving uh, Egypt fans listening to the podcast, but uh, hopefully, uh, Dan. I, I'm assuming you've given him a nine, and I'm intrigued to hear if you've got the same reasoning um, as Chloe for that. I have given him a nine, yeah. Um, my reason is slightly different, if I'm going to be honest with you. And it's not necessarily just the last two games, but, you know, ten for me suggests perfection. Um, ten out of ten. Um, and I can't, I can't... His numbers are scary. The records he's been breaking are scary. You know, I've waxed Liverpool with the best of them about his form this season. He's been absolutely stunning to watch some of the goals have been you know some of the best things i've ever seen live to be honest with you that goal against man city will stay with me forever but i I don't know i can't give it the past two performances that haven't been you know anywhere near that standard 
So for that reason, almost alone, you can't give him a 10. Because I like I say, I suggest perfection. You know, without wanting to do recency bias, last night he was you know non-existent for the large part of the game. The best thing he did do was win the penalty in the match. And then he goes and misses the thing. And it was a really poorly taken penalty. So I might be being uber critical because of what I've just seen most recently from Liverpool. But I don't know. There's something about me that just they can't give him a 10 based on what we've seen so far this season. I think, you know, perhaps a month or so ago, maybe a month and a half ago, I might have done. But given what's gone on since, I think there's been a few slightly dips in performances. Um and I think last night was probably his worst one of the seasons. So that probably hasn't helped him with timing. I think you're being harsh. I do think you're being harsh. The, the guy has basically, basically carried Liverpool on his back for the whole calendar year. And I just look at the last two games and think, you know, maybe someone else needs to take up the mantle. Like, Yeah, I get that. I get that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Obviously, the, 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 the Tottenham game as well was... Not helped by the fact that we couldn't really get the fussle that we needed um, with the midfield that we had out and last night, you know, obviously misses the penalty, but uh, it's know, a shock as well. Know, you know, I'm so much credit in the bank as well. Um, so um, I have to say I'm a little bit surprised um, by the lack of the lack of tens here, but um, once know, again, mine's purely and simply because it's not the end of the season. And I'm not no, going to give you a Don't justify yourself today, Chloe. Don't justify yourself today. No, I, I, Stick by your I guns. Think... <laughs> no, it, I, I am. I'd, I'd, I'm like I said, I'd give him a 10 if it, if it was based off the fact that he is the yeah. best player in the world. But the only reason I'm not giving you a 10 is because it's not the end of the season. And we haven't won anything. And we haven't... It's, it's not the fact that he's... He carried us last season as well, when you think about it. Yeah, he did. Uh, and that went under the radar. I don't even think he made it into like team of the season or anything. Um, and I think, for me, he could have a, an awful rest of the season and I'd still rate him extremely highly up there, which I don't think he will have an awful rest of the season. But my point still stands at the fact that we're nowhere near the end of the season. And for that reason, although I want to give you a 10, I will not give you a 10. I, yeah, I, I kind of see the, the logic behind that. Last thing I'll say on Salad is, Dan, if I see any tweets from you in the next few months saying, you know, all these tweets about Salah being underappreciated by the media and stuff, I'm I'm, I'm coming for you in the replies, put it that way. That's probably <laughs> fair. And do you know what? It did cross my mind a minute ago when Chloe mentioned the team in the air for, God, I'm one of them. Yeah, you're one of the players <laughs> who's uh, underrating them. But we've got three more players to do. Um, so let's go on to uh, Diogo Jota. Um, Dan, I think you were first on Jota. Yeah, I won't give him a 10, don't worry. Um, I've just written down so clinical because he, he is just lethal in front of the goal. Um, I've given him an 8. Um, he, he obviously you know, hasn't been as good as Salah, but he's not far behind him, You know, especially when you consider the fact that you know, he hasn't played the minutes that Salah has. He is outstanding and what a piece of business, you know, and the impact he's had and he's improving all the time. Like, we obviously discuss quite a lot in terms of predicted lineups on this podcast. And, you know, for a large proportion of the time, I've been Firmino over Jota. Past couple of weeks, that's really wavered for me and that might have changed. So fair play to the lad. He's been superb since he come in. So eight so far this season. Yeah, I've 
I personally think Jota has a shout for being sort of third best behind Salah and Trent. Um, I think my rating probably reflects that. I've gone for the nine um, on him. I think, you know, you look, just look at the stats, 10 goals, second in the Prem, on course for a 20-goal season. Obviously, we're at the halfway point now. Um, he has missed 10 big chances, including one of the worst misses I've ever seen from a Liverpool yeah. player against Wolves. Um, but that's the same amount of big chances that Mane has missed. And actually, fewer than Salah, although I think Salah missed about three at once um, somehow yesterday. So, so yeah, um, I've gone nine for Jota because I think it's almost um, maybe going to end up being a little bit like last season where we look to sort of Salah and Jota down the stretch, uh, the way it's looking to be kind of the match winners for us. But, um, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll see about that. Chloe, what do you reckon? I've gone with nine for the main reason of, and I've put Trent, Salah and Jota all together because I think they've been our best three players. I think you remove one of them and we've got a problem. Uh, that That's the thing. I think if you remove any one of those players, I think we have a problem. And you can mention Firmino being good and everything like that. But when Mane's also off form, I am struggling to see where we'd be without Jota and Salah. Because if one of them has an off game, you're relying on, on Mane, who... Like yesterday, when our other two were not on the greatest form, he didn't carry us. He didn't. He didn't score pretty much a sitter for me. Um, so I've put Jota as a nine, and I've put them all on the same because if I was to give you my squad of the season now, for every team, those three players would be irreplaceable in that squad for me. So I've put them all on the same points because I think. They are irreplaceable right now, and I think they're irreplaceable in a squad in the sense of you can look at City's front three, and I don't think any any one of them have beaten Salah or Jota for me in, in a, a team of the season so far. Yeah, and the stats definitely back that up. I want to leave Mane to last because I think he is quite an interesting one, especially after last night. A lot of talk about him. Um, so we'll do the penultimate one as for me now. Um, he's not actually played all that much, um, largely because of injury, but also because of the form of Jasta. So I'm interested to see what rating you've given him, Chloe. I was stuck in the middle because I think he's actually been all right. Uh, I think he's played fairly decent, but I just can't compare it to compare him to Jasta in any way this season. Um, I, I think. I'm stuck between a seven and an eight because when he does play, I actually think he's been really, really good. Uh, I think even in the League Cup, in, in that first half, he was, he was one of the brightest players in there. However, I don't think he's played enough. Um, so I'll go with a seven just based off the fact that he's not got enough game time. But then again, he's going to find it very hard when, you, when you're facing Jota right now. I've also gone seven and I think it's interesting that point you make at the end there about... If there's, if there's cup finals for Liverpool on the horizon, who Klopp's going to go, I think that's going to be a very big, very big call that he has to make, potentially. Um, you know, the stats, are, the stats are good. You know, you, you say he's been good when he's played and nine nine goals or assists in 15 games at all camps. He's only taken 15 shots to get six goals as well, which is pretty good going. I think it's, you know, been a, maybe a slight uptick from last year's and one of those, he was pretty poor overall. And whilst he isn't the player he once was, you can't really argue with those stats. So, 7 out of 10 from me. And what about you, Dan? Yeah, also a 7 for me. Um, 
he's been hampered by injuries a little bit, hasn't he? Obviously, he had the hamstring one recently that he's probably not quite back up and running from yet. We've seen him in fits and starts since he got back to fitness, really. Um, obviously, you mentioned the goals there. I think four of those goals are Premier League, and obviously, three of them came in one game. So, it, it's potentially slightly skewed by that when it comes to Premier League stats, especially. Um but that hat-trick against Watford obviously kind of put the whole doubters to bed about his goal-scoring prowess, but then he hasn't really kicked on from there. But I do think injuries uh, are a big part of that. And I, I've actually wrote down he's still pivotal in big games um, because I still think he is. And you obviously mentioned cup finals there. I think Sunday could be another game whereby he's called upon. Because even though I do think Jota's surpassed him this season, it would be interesting to see which way Klopp turns when it comes to you know, title rivals, cup finals, etc. And I got a sneaky feeling it might still be Firmino. Firmino might have to come up with some uh, big moments in January uh, in the games that we are without Salah and Mane because I've got a suspicion that Jota is going to be moved out to the left, uh, potentially, with Firmino through the middle. Um, And if Jota isn't able to impact the game as much from that position, then maybe the burden is going to fall more. On Firmino, but we come now to the very last player, um, a player who has been making negative headlines, sadly, um, after his miss last night, uh, Sadio Mane. So, um, Dan, straight back to you. What do you think? Yeah, a, a particularly difficult one, really, um, given what's gone on over the past 24 hours, like you, like you alluded to. Um, he started the season as if he'd put you know, last season's problems behind him, really. He was poor last season, but a lot of Liverpool players were. So, you know, I was happy, and I think a lot a lot of fans were happy to overlook that. Um, and like I say, he started this campaign as if all was right with the world, and he was scoring goals freely and assisting. He looked sharp and all the rest of it. But is that, did that last night makes it nine games without a direct goal contribution? Um, and not, yes, not is that right? Yeah. Yeah, and not only that, you know, coupled with that, I think that Leicester game in particular, his actual all-round performance wasn't very good. Like, I tweeted in the first half, um, his touch was was woeful. um, And that was sort of 15, 20 minutes in, and I didn't even know what was to come at that point. I mean, I love Sadio Mane. I love him to pieces. He's been one of my favourite Liverpool players over the past few seasons. But something isn't right. Um, again at the minute and whether it's a confidence thing and whether he's thinking about what happened last season I don't. he's had a couple of quiet games maybe and it's catching up with him again who knows but yeah when he's he's one of them players that when he's not right it's really evident his touch was off uh, his decision making in particular seems to fall out the window um, and that's where we're at at the moment with him um, all that said and done I have given him a seven, which sounds relatively kind, given what I've just said. But like I say, I think he made a really sharp start of the season. So when you're taking very two contrasting, you know, quarters, if you like, of the campaign so far, I think I just about fall on a seven. Yeah, that's the interesting thing, really. And I've got I've got that written down too. It was nine goals in the first 14 he started. And exactly like you, I'm thinking, all right, last season was probably a blip. He might not get back to the very same levels he was at before then, but he's still going to be able to you know, be a very effective option. But this drought has been... I think it went under the radar before last night and after last night, everyone's kind of realised, oh, God, that it's been 
nine games without a goal now. Um, and he's got, I think, seven Premier League goals up to this point, which is okay. I mean, some of the, I think his level with players like Antonio, for example, you know, he's had quite a good season. It's, it's, you know, it's not terrible. But if he finished the season on 14 goals, you know, we're talking about Sadio Mane here, like a player who's supposed to be world-class, you know, that's not enough. Let's be honest. Um, and he's he's underperformed his expected goals by by two point seven as well, um, which is quite quite a lot, obviously. And um, I think it speaks to the fact that he, you know, you just have less and less confidence in him now. In when a big chance falls to him, you know, he's never been he's always been someone who can miss a bit of a a sitter, but um, the frequency has gone up a bit. So I haven't seen enough to give him a seven. It would be it would be a six from me, um, and it's certainly. Would have been, you know, it was shaping up to be a lot higher, like I say, but um, it's worrying. It is worrying with Mane now. Um, on the back of last season, you begin to wonder if we are seeing a bit of a decline setting in. And one other thing to mention on him, I don't know if you saw that article from James Pierce this week, but Liverpool haven't even opened any contract talks with Mane yet. Despite at the same time as Salah, you do begin to wonder if um, the club has. I mean, if the club, you know, obviously they can choose to keep him, maybe on, you know, favourable terms to them. They can let him run down his contract, which I think is probably the most likely option at this point. Or they could try and uh, make some money off him. But obviously that's a conversation to be had a bit further down the line. I just think it was probably noteworthy that he had that big miss last night after that report came out. So, Chloe, have you gone with quite a low score for Mane or are you more towards what Dan said? Yeah, no, I've gone low. Um, and the reason I've gone low was even at the beginning of the season, I was seeing something that no one else was. I was I was sat there and I was like, yeah, he's scoring goals, but I think he's still stuck in his head. And I think I think he, West Ham away, he misses uh, pretty much a sitter in the last minute of the game. Um, and I just thought to myself, like, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but... Um, when he plays, he's getting on the score sheet, but he's not doing enough for me. Um, in and around the game, and I think with Firmino, yeah, Firmino especially over seasons, you've looked at him and he may not give you the goal contributions, but he does enough in the game. Um, and I think now we're getting to the point now the goals haven't start like the goal contributions have gone away. You're seeing the fact that he's not actually doing enough in games either. Um, and I don't want to be too harsh on the lad because he's a Liverpool legend and I adore him with every fibre in my body. But um, as a Liverpool fan, it's fine to praise someone when they're unreal and it's fine to criticise them when it's not good enough. And he hasn't been good enough. And when you look at a game like yesterday where I don't think Jota played particularly bad, I just didn't think he received the ball enough in, in the areas that he did. Um, Salah's side was pretty much non-existent after the penalty and we were kind of waiting on Tismikas and, and Mane and I think Tismikas was giving Mane the balls in behind and Mane just couldn't control him at times he was he was beating people three times when he'd be, beat them once and just needed to offload the ball um, and I don't want to say I'm worried because I know he's a world-class footballer but um there is there's something to be said here at the fact that I look at him and I just think he's stuck in someone like he's stuck in his mind. He, he 
at times he seems afraid to take someone on and at other times he takes someone on three times when he's beat them the first time and you just sat there and you're like nah, like what are you doing um and I think also with Robert at times I think his overlapping hasn't been good enough um it, it's like he, he's not overlapped Robert enough in games um and yeah, it's 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 a hard one because I want to give him a seven because I love him, but I can't based on the performances because even when he was getting goal contributions, I still felt there was a part of his performance missing. And I guess if you score and you can kind of forget about it, um. But I also think he was off being dragged through games at times with how good the rest of the team was doing, or at least the the, the other two around him, um. And when they've had an off game with. It clearly hasn't came often this season, but when they have had an off game, you need your other striker to pull through, and he just didn't. Um, and yeah, it's it's been quite a, a poor season, and I really, really hope we can get back to it. Um, I don't know whatever the reason is, but um, at times he just he just looks petrified to take a player on, and I'm like, you saddle man, eh? like you know how good you are. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of those, and I really, really hope he he gets better because um, he's one of my favourite players ever. Um, and it's it's really sad to see him not doing as well because you can see his frustration as well. Um, but that sitter yesterday, it was harder to to miss than it was to score. And I don't know, he puts it anywhere on target, and it's a goal. And somehow from about three yards out, he puts it over the bar. So yeah, um, it's it's one of them where. Roberto Firmino, for me, I feel like even if he's not doing well, Roberto Firmino, I'd rather have him in a 1v1 situation than I would Mane, um, because I just trust him more in that 1v1 situation with Firmino, even if he's not in good form. Where Mane right now, I really don't trust him in front of goal. Yeah, you're right. And when you watch Mane, like, it can be very frustrating, um, and obviously extremely frustrating at the moment, because he seems to get tangled up a lot of the time. Um, whether that's in some some sort of physical physical battle or you know tangled up in the box trying to you know spin at his base for the shot, um, I think you're right about that. So we've we've come to the end now. Um, good effort from all of us, I think, to work through that many players. So just to quickly recap, we've got our three highest players as Salah with 28 out of 30, Trent with 26, and Jota also on 26. So I think we can all agree that's a pretty solid yeah, top yeah. three. Um, James Milner's come out with the 17 and the lowest, which feels maybe a little bit harsh, like we've dug him out a little bit, but that, that's the ratings you've given him. Um, and then we've got Mane on 19 as the second lowest, and a couple of players on 20 in the form of Henderson and Minamino. Um, certainly expected that Mane to, to be near the bottom, and I don't think there's maybe too many surprises with that. So, yeah, we've uh, surpassed the 90 minute mark now. Um, so we'll wrap it up there. But one last thing before we go, I'm going to ask this to both here, and sort of in a word, um, we've not prepared for this. Uh, seeing as it is the halfway point of the season, what rating would you give the season up to this point, Dan? You you first. Um, I would give it a eight out of ten, and that wasn't my internet stopping. That was me thinking. Um, the long pause for anticipation um because as bad as you know that west ham game was a few weeks ago and the loss to leicester was they are only two defeats of the season you know you sort of summarize where we're at in terms of the season at the start 
Champions League qualified, all good. Carabao Cup semi-final, you know, things are still relatively positive. We've lost a bit too much ground on City, but yeah, we're all we're all right, eight. Yeah, it's tough. I've, I've caught myself. I've got my own question here. Um, yeah, done. We done really well in Europe, well in the cup, level on points with Chelsea, and obviously they'll they'll play the game more. That's all right. They're European champions. Um, it is sort of seven point five territory. I think just because you know I'm doing it this very moment, the halfway point, um, because we're six points behind City in the form that they're in. And because of the sort of Brentford and Brighton games, I'll probably go with a seven out of ten. So yeah, the final word from you, Chloe. What rating? I think it's a, a tough one because you'd probably lean towards eight if you wasn't against a city squad that is that unbelievable, wouldn't you? Um, I don't think we've capitalised enough because there have been other teams around us who's, me- who's messed up, and we've not capitalised. We've dropped points when. When they have, um, I think Brighton's a big one. I think we have the ability to go clear at that stage. We're two 0 up at half time, and I, I don't know what happens. I, I, I think we've had too many draws. That's my problem. Um, my problem is not even the losses. I think we've had too many draws. Sadly, we saw that the season we missed out on the league. Uh, we draw too many games, um, and I feel like it's kind of getting into that territory. But I want to be optimistic because I feel like we can still do stuff in other competitions. So I'll go eight. Um, but if we're talking about the league alone, it's it's a dead hard one to pinpoint because I think you'd find it hard for any team in Premier League era to keep up with this city side. Um, and we've somehow done it once, and we've beat them once. Um, and it just feels like the never <laughs> there's there's no let up with them. There really isn't. Um, and sadly, I think uh, we we've had a bit too many draws. But let's hope that you know, you know, miracles at Anfield is a thing. Let's hope there's a there's another one this season, and, and we can come back into it. So I'll give it an eight and be optimistic, and and hope for um, an even better you know second half of the season. Absolutely, things change really quickly in football at times. You know, Chelsea looked like the favourites not that long ago. So hopefully, there is a bit of a. Uh... Have a seat change in the next month or so. But that is going to be it. Um, one thing I will say is I saw Spotify have introduced um, ratings now for podcasts. So um, please do give us a, a five-star rating on there um, if possible. But uh, yeah, that is going to wrap us up. So we'll see you uh, next week with what will be a more standard episode looking back um, at that uh, Chelsea game. So thank you. Thank you for listening and we'll see you then.